There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive through workers who take your order on the way to work have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99 cents any size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed full apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the WIM Podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing, or WIM for short, is a first-of-its-kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing, advertising trends, and get real about women in business. Our mission is to network, to foster leaders within this exciting industry, and to share information to make our work stronger. That's where this podcast comes in. We'll bring you fresh perspectives on timely topics facing the industry from expert voices in the space. Find us wherever you download podcasts. And of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim.com. Hey guys, so just wanted to give you a heads up that moving forward, the format of the show is going to be evolving a little bit, changing, shifting, kind of want to see what we can do new (laughs) after like two and a half years of creating this podcast. It's probably been three at this point, to be honest, I've lost track. But you know, we've always really done interview style shows. And I just want to start sharing more of my opinions with you guys. I preach all the time that I love my opinionated WIM members. I love sharing and elevating your guys' voices. And God, I don't know. I've gotten in my own way about sharing my own. So it took me three years to do this, which is truly wild. I'm going to start sharing more of my thoughts with you guys, but I still do want to elevate the voices of my friends. So what I'm going to be doing is taking the beginning of each episode to sort of riff on some ideas, things that are going on, things that are in the news, just sort of like out there in the world and share my two cents on them. And then we're going to jump into the interviews. So out of consideration for you guys who may just be here for the interview. Just jump to the nine minute mark and you'll be able to dive right into that interview. So if you have been engaged in the community, the Facebook group, clubhouses, live streams, we were on Instagram last week going live, you have probably picked up on the fact that everybody in influencer marketing is hiring. I'm not even exaggerating. I feel like every company, big and small, are looking for great people. So what does that mean? Like, how does it affect everybody? Well, a couple things, right? One, if you are the one hiring, you really need to know how competitive it is right now because your applicant pool is probably up for a few roles, not just yours. It's really important to recognize the landscape, know that some extra benefits will go a long way. Know that you should probably be ready to lock down anybody that you think is a good candidate because chances are they might be snatched up elsewhere. If you are looking for a role casually, proactively, thinking what if I were to throw my hat in the ring and maybe the grass is greener, there are a lot of opportunities open right now. So here's something that not enough women talk about, how to really maximize your earnings. And here is the reality. If you are looking to really level up from a monetary standpoint, 
it's not going to happen by getting incremental raises at the company that you've been at for a while. The reality is, is that to increase your annual salary by the largest percentage, it's going to happen if you go to a different company. The other alternative, of course, is going to work for yourself. There's a lot more risk involved, but the benefits can be way greater. However, the assumption, of course, for the purposes of this conversation is that you work for somebody else, you want to continue working for somebody else, and um, not enough women talk about this, so I want to talk about this today. Again, just to drive the point home, if you want to make the most amount of money in your career, the best way to do it is every few years, jump to a different company. Hard stop. Just want to put that out there. So the reason that I want to chat about all this before we jump into this week's episode is because the job market is hot. If you're not aware, now you are. And even if you weren't initially looking for a role, maybe you're pretty happy where you are, things seem cozy, making, you know, good money, keep an open mind. Again, sometimes the grass is greener on the other side, and it's certainly worth a conversation. So I bring this up for lots of reasons. One, we always have a job board on our website. However, it's been hot these days. So many new postings, so many great companies listing. Two, we have this huge, exciting professional matchmaking event on July 14th at 6 p.m. Eastern. Check our website for more information on the events page and RSVP. That is for people who are hiring and who want to be hired. Everyone is welcome because, well, it's professional matchmaking. That's the second thing. And the third thing is that I am personally helping recruit for lots and lots of roles junior, mid-level, senior, totally runs the gamut, brands, PR firms, ad agencies, management companies. I'm helping a lot of people out. Obviously, with WIM, we've got this incredible network of women who are killing it in the influencer marketing industry. And some people are looking for a little more hands-on support with their recruiting efforts. So please connect with me. Shoot me a DM on our Instagram, which is I am Wim on there. That's I am Wim double I M at the end. Shoot me a DM. Tell me that you're looking for a role. Everything we discuss will absolutely be confidential. Do not worry. And I would be so ecstatic to connect our members with their next dream role. We are going to have a prep conversation prior to our big event that is taking place on Clubhouse on June 21st, Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern, where if you are open for work in the influencer marketing industry, this is the conversation for you. I will call you up on stage, get to know what you're looking for, the type of role, the type of benefits, what your best skill set is. I'll ask you a lot of operative questions, sort of prep you for your interview, and also be sharing some career advice similar to the conversation we're having now. I really cannot emphasize enough how I want to be in serviced for you. I love how many students are coming out of school, graduating. I went to a kindergarten graduation today, just like raising the next generation of women, influencer marketers, marketers, ad agency folks, talent managers. 
I just want to contribute to the conversation. It's solely based on my experience. I am no way, shape, or form an expert, but if I can add any value at all, I really want to. I'm here for you. Consider me your career girl. Again, if you have any questions on any of this, just get in touch. DM us on Instagram. I am Wim over there. Shoot us a follow. Check out our stories. We've always got some really fun stuff over there. And without further ado, we're going to jump into this week's episode. Anna Leach, she's incredible, guys. I've known her now for quite a few years. She's been with Popular Pays for six years, I believe, based in Chicago. She flew into New York a few years ago for one of our WIM events. We talk about that in the episode today. But she's good people guys she's so intelligent she so knows her stuff she's a mom to a two-year-old baby girl named nova but during the day she's vp of marketing and customers a popular pay so she's been working in advertising for almost a decade the first four at leo burnett and the last six like i mentioned she's been helping to transform how advertisers advertise with the pop pays platform she's excited for the power that influencers have in shaping what this future looks like from who gets to create it where it's shared and how we can quickly learn and optimize our thinking based on data the work that popular pays has been doing over the last few years has been really impressive especially for those nanos and micro influencers who are looking for a foot in the door to connect themselves with great brands to network with those brands, to build those connections. It's just a great marketplace to do that. There are lots of people out there with tons of opinions on these types of platforms. So listen to this conversation. I want to hear your opinions on them. Have they been useful to you? Have they been a hindrance? Have they amplified the work that you're doing? What have you experienced personally? So after you listen to this episode, shoot us a DM, tell me your thoughts, but enjoy this episode. All right, everyone. So thank you so much for tuning in. As always, we have a special treat for you today. We've got Anna Leach of Popular Pays. And uh, welcome to the podcast, Anna. How's it going? It's going wonderfully. Thank you for having me, Jesse. I'm excited to have you here because I love the influencer tech space. If anybody who listens to this podcast, who's in our Facebook community, who knows me this little bit, knows that, I don't know, I just love that space. Mm -hmm. I think that you need tools to do business well. And you guys have been around for such a long time and have been providing (laughs) tools for people to connect to grow, to do business more efficiently. So I'm just excited to also just just chat with you personally and have our listeners get to know you as well. Thank you for being on today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I mean, I've been in the business. It's shocking, but this will be my sixth year at Hot Pays, which is absurd when I think about it. And, you know, Jesse, you and I have been introduced to each other and crossed paths and collaborated for years. And so it's just amazing to also see the evolution of what you've been going through, also just the birth of whim, 
the growth of WIM and the impact that you guys are making in the industry. So it's been really, really fun to be able to watch that evolve. I appreciate that so much. Our community is like only as strong as the women in it. We're grateful to have you part of it. I remember a few years ago, you were at our one of our New York events. No, I flew in. You did. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love her. <laughs> that is so badass to just come in and fully just race the, come to the event, enjoy it and get to yeah. meet a ton of women. But now our women members who are listening today and watching today are going to get to listen and learn about you. Before we dive into chat about influencer marketing and pop pays and the whole nine, I yeah. just would love in your own words, introduce yourself to everybody. I'd love to have you share a little bit just about your journey into yeah. the last six years in influencer marketing. Go for it. Definitely. I'm Anna. You guys have heard that already. I'm technically and officially, I guess, the VP of marketing and customers at Pop Pays. So that's what I do during the day, how I've kind of positioned myself or how I like to explain what I do full time. I'm a mom. So I have a daughter. She's two. Her name is Nova. She is amazing. So that's what I do all the time. And being here at home, you know, been such a wonderful experience to be able to experience that full time. So I've seen her take her first step, say her first words and sentences. So I don't just have to do that from 6 to 8 p.m. I get to do that all day long. But during the day, you know, as I mentioned, I'm VP of marketing at customer or in customers at Pop Pays. I've actually been working in advertising for almost a decade. The first four of my career, I was at Leo Burnett. Uh, and then the last six, I've been working with Pop Pays and really trying to envision what this future of advertising is and kind of rethink the way and transform the way that advertisers advertise with the popular pays platform. And, you know, influencers, that's where we started. That's something that we will always continue to do. And I think something that I'm so excited about with influencers is just that the power that they've had over this transformation within the advertising industry as a whole, they've really shaped what that future looks like from who gets to create advertising, where it's shared, and then like how we can really quickly learn and optimize our thinking and our plans based off of data that you can get from social sources. It has been a kind of crazy journey. I didn't expect to be here. A lot of my experiences professionally have been really happy accidents. Leo Burnett and Popular Pays were both completely random almost. Pop Pays happened because I needed a glass of wine in the middle of the day and was walking to Italy and bumped into an old coworker who reintroduced me to Corbett, the CEO of Pop Pays. And that's kind of how this journey started. But it has been a learning experience and, and it's been awesome to just see the transformation within this industry in particular over the last six years. And I'm sure within six years of being yeah. directly in the influencer space, like you've seen a lot of change and a oh big evolution. I mean, even in the past six months to a year, we've seen yeah. so many big changes in terms of how prevalent and how much of a heavy hitter TikTok is and Clubhouse mm -hmm. now. And these were not even words in our vocabulary two years ago. No. Put this in perspective. When I started at Pop Pays, you could only post photos on Instagram still. There wasn't even video on your feed. Feed was the only thing that was there. You could only post photos. And in that amount of time, the entire ecosystem has like exploded and changed. Uh, and the way that we all interact with it has followed suit as well. 
Definitely. I think that I'm just excited for you to like share more of your perspective on all of that and sort of where you think the industry is going, where pop pays is going. But before we do, I just think it's really lovely to get to know you a little bit more. And so we're going to do a few rapid fire get to know you questions. These are very big, so I'm going to do my best. (laughs) (laughs) Like you just got to like shut off your brain. I know. First thing that comes to your mind, we really want to get to know you. So are you ready? I'm ready. Amazing. Question number one, what is your favorite vacation spot? Oh, my favorite vacation spot. Man, if I'm going on like a vacation vacation, one of my favorite places that I've ever been was St. Martin. It was just such, the beaches are so gorgeous. And on one side, it's French. And then on the other side, it's Dutch. And so you get this like interesting mix of two different worlds on one tiny island. But, you know, I'm not going there every year for vacation, obviously. But my parents have a a house in Deep Creek, Maryland. And I've been there, I mean, over the last year, I've been there three or four times for a couple of weeks at a time, but it's just this really special place for our family. And it's been wonderful to be able to spend more time there. So I think that's my favorite spot. What is your biggest pet peeve? Oh, my biggest pet peeve. I probably have so many. If I could like, if my husband was standing here, I would probably have a million things that I could think about <laughs> right now. But like, are those really pet peeves? I don't know. Oh, geez. Okay, so everybody can probably relate to this. It's something that I really hate doing, but it's something that I hate that when it's not done. Uh, I hate filling up the Brita. That's a big one. That's a good one. <laughs> if only it could refill itself, Brita. No, it's a common. <laughs> but you know, I hate that it when it's not done. It's a huge annoyance, but I'm also not the one that ever wants to do it. To me, that's folding laundry, mm-hmm. right? I can't yeah. stand when the laundry's not done, but that's literally my least favorite thing in life to yeah. do. No, the Brita, that's a good one. What is your biggest fear? My biggest fear? Oh, geez. I could go really, really morbid. Okay, I'm going to go for it. I have this like Silly fear. It feels silly anyways when I say it out loud of getting my throat slit. Gosh, that sounds crazy. But I just, I don't want that to ever happen. And I think I would freak out. But yes, that's like one of my biggest fears. So like anything around my neck, I'm like, everybody stay away from my neck. Get out of here. (laughs) No, I get that. Are you a true crime person? Like a true crime listener on podcasts or TV shows or anything like that? When I'm going for a drive, so my husband loves them. I think he's watched every single one on Netflix that's available. And I don't watch a ton of TV. When we're going on drives, my favorite murder, if you guys have ever listened to that podcast before, it's pretty good. Just two girls like chatting about murders. (laughs) And it's a good one. We like listening to that. So yeah, there's definitely this, you know, like the true crime fascination is here. Totally. There's another one you mentioned. Oh, it sounds morbid, but there's a really great podcast called Morbid. Two girls just like, they're so funny. It's a fun vibe for true crime and horrific things that are happening. It's such a thing. Morbid, yeah. You know, like the last couple of years, they're just new things. And a lot of it's just the storytelling. You're getting a serious peek into these people's lives. And it's kind of our obsession with like reality TV, the same situation. It just has much worse end, which is not great. It's definitely a combo. It's like yeah. some of those things you're like, I shouldn't look at this. I can't look away. It's no, so fascinating. Stop. 
Yeah, it's like the psychology of it all, I think, is what really gets people. It's really yeah. fascinating. Yeah. My last question for the get okay. to know you section. So finish the sentence. My life changed when? Oh, well, when I had my daughter. It's like kind of like the default. I have to say that. <laughs> but it, for it sure. did for the better and also for the worse. I was going to say, how are a couple ways that it changed? I've said this. There was a friend of some neighbors that we have. They have a three-month-old. They came this past weekend. And she was like, oh, like, how did, what did you think about the newborn phase? Like, were you sad to see it go? And I was like, no, I could not stand. The first year of my daughter's life was the worst year ever. It was just, it was so hard. They just need so much from you. You're trying to figure things out. Your body's changing. There's just a lot of things to contend with. And so I was like, no. And whenever she turned one, it just felt like the light bulb switched. And I was like, oh, we can talk now. Like, I, you know what you want and we can communicate. And things improved so much from there. And the last year, she's two now, um, just turned two in April. Uh, you know, it's just been a dream. But the first year was terrible. And uh, I'm sure that's probably not like the most popular opinion, but that was just my experience. It was tough. <laughs> no, I think it's the more relatable opinion. I, I feel like maybe people don't like to talk about it, but I've certainly heard that many, many times before. It's hard. And then they get through different phases. Two is a, is a good time. Like one, they're just, they're just like milestones. And you're like, oh my God, this is way easier now. We can communicate with each other. Yeah. I don't have to try 12 things to figure out what's going on. Yeah. I'm not very good at being a mind reader. <laughs> you're not? Like, I don't want people to read my mind. I'm just going to tell them what's up. I want them to tell me what's up. So yeah, it was tough. Totally. Well, I think it's incredible. Congratulations mm -hmm. on being a mom. And, you know, it's lovely to be like, Look, in this crazy year, I really envy, I think that it's really beautiful, the women that I'm chatting with lately, yourself included, who, you know, you're home and this incredibly, like, whenever would you have had the opportunity to see your daughter walk for the first time yeah. or, you know, start all these milestones and just spend so much quality time with them? It's it's crazy. And like, let's be real, too, because I have a five-year-old. Like, Let's be real. They're like, it's equally stressful at the same time yeah. if they're, you know, being homeschooled or the hybrid, you know, learning thing, whatever. But at its core, it is really special to be able yeah. to spend this much time. It's never been possible ever mm -hmm. before in yeah. history. Yeah. yeah, you would have had to just sacrifice. There would have, there's a sacrifice at, at every point if you're a working mom, you know. So it's been nice. We talked about like when we first jumped on, like we've been incredibly lucky and blessed this past year. But you know, there are sacrifices that you have to make, and it's been really nice to still be able to focus on my career. And to have that flexibility to be home and, and see all of these things transpire and happen. So if you were to give any words of wisdom to maybe moms who are listening in this day and age where they're working from home and they're trying to juggle mommyhood and also yeah. a career in this day, a newborn to one when it was really yeah. challenging, what advice would you give them? Yeah, I mean, I would just not apologize for what you have to do to be a mom and also be a professional. So Nova, she went to daycare um, when we were still in the office. She went to daycare a couple of blocks from the office. And there were many times she was breastfed, but there were many times when the bottle or the milk or something would happen. And so I would have to go pick her up and I would march her back to work. And I'd be like, all right, you're sitting in all these meetings with me. I would go nurse her in like the nursing room around the corner 
And it was just, this is what you have to deal with. If you want me to be a part of this organization, then I am going to like force this on you as well, which Pop Pays was incredible with that. You know, everybody, I would pass her around the office. People would be like, oh, I want to sit with her for a while. You know, there was never any type of, I felt very safe doing that. So, you know, obviously there was some kind of safety that I felt even to be able to kind of like bring her in and feel the confidence to kind of create that. But I would definitely say for moms, just trying to make sure that you are, this is a incredibly important and big part of who you are. And if your company values you, don't be ashamed to like bring that part of yourself to work as well. Cause it is a huge, it takes up a lot of your brain space and a lot of your time. <laughs> it does. And you know, it's a really important topic to discuss mm-hmm. that you are a women's focused organization, but also yeah. just as an industry, it's so female dominated, which is wonderful in so many instances. You know, a lot of women start out in this industry in their early to mid 20s. These maybe having kids isn't even on their radar. More women are having kids later in life, but they stay in this industry. And I just want to make sure that the younger women who are part of this community also feel like they have women like you to look up to yeah. and to say, oh, she did it. And it was possible. And you know, you're sort of you really truly are like paving the way for women who come after you to be able to say, oh, okay, I could feel comfortable unapologetically needing certain things as a new mom in my career and coming going to my employer and saying, I, I have to do this, you know, it's part of who I am as a human. And if you want me to be part of your organization, this comes with it. Yeah. So I just think it's wonderful that you experience that, that pop pay seems to be ahead of the curve in a lot of ways and paving the way in that capacity. I think it's really lovely. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. for sure. All right, guys. So as a special treat and a big thank you for being an avid listener to this podcast, I'm offering you 10% off of a VIP level membership to Whims Collective. That's right, guys. I rarely offer promos on our membership, but I am offering it to our podcast listeners because you are so special to me. You show up on a weekly basis and share these podcast episodes, and I am so grateful for you. So this membership, guys, it's offering you casting resources, networking, jobs, recruitment, mentorship, the list goes on and on. But if you don't believe me or you want to hear from somebody else, check out all the testimonials that are on our website. All you have to do is go to IamWim.com and use promo code PODCAST2021. That's going to get you 10% off of a VIP level WIM collective membership. I am so grateful for you guys. Join today. It's going to be the best professional decision you've ever made. All right, guys. So go do that, but definitely keep listening to this episode because it's awesome. I would love to chit chat a little bit about the marketing industry too. I love talking about trends. There's certainly a lot of them these days. I feel like the people who are doing it right are leaning into those trends to really embrace sort of virality on things like TikTok. We spoke a lot about on the show about leaning into the trending music and all sorts of trends. So I'd love to hear from you since you have this great vantage point working with so many brands so many influencers. What trends are you seeing these days in terms of the creator economy? Yeah. And it's such a good question. 
trends truly are everywhere. We can't escape them right now. And everybody wants to talk about them, which is great. But with the creator economy as a whole, this is a trend like the creator economy. It become everywhere, this gig economy. A lot of companies are kind of repositioning themselves to create this marketplace dynamic where there are customers on one side and providers on the other side. And I think that this type of business is something that we're going to continue to see grow in the future. So the gig economy as a whole isn't going anywhere. The creator economy within that is also exploding. And I think that aside from it, just the places where you can become a creator getting bigger, there's also this this perceived value that we've increased or the perception of that has gotten much better over the last at least year. And so within pop pays and in the advertising industry where we're sitting, the value of creators has really increased because of what happened over the last year, because these traditional channels were shut down. It was like, okay, well, where do I go? Well, there's this pool of people who can provide a very similar, if not equal experience to the one that you were getting previously that you no longer have access to. And so that access has value. Then you think about what goes beyond just access. Okay, well, now we're getting a diversity of perspectives, um, which we weren't able to have before. And we can also do that in a more efficient manner, because the time that we're able to do that is, is shortened. So I think the value of what the creator economy can be within the industry of advertising has really proven itself out over the last year. But also as a whole, you know, you're just seeing this Creators are making games for people. Like you can make your own games. And what is that? Roblox, something like that. You saw a lot of it with kind of a similar situation with Wall Street bets. Like these aren't like creators in the traditional sense, but they're this group of people that have banded together to kind of create this influential financing hub. And so like they were able to influence all of these different things. So you just have these kind of smaller economies of individuals that have really been able to prove the value that they can have on these more traditional institutions. And so it's been a really interesting year to just see how the scope of what creators can do has expanded, but also how we perceive the value of the creator economy and those individual economies as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. I think a question that's come up in the group has been constantly talking about how can influencers make more money within that creator economy? You guys are killing it in terms of the branded partnership sense. But I think that influencers are wondering, A, how do I make more money in that capacity? How do I make more money with additional revenue streams? Somebody today I was speaking with about how do influencers make their own products? you know, get on different platforms, not even social platforms, but just selling platforms to sell digital products, tangible products, physical products, etc. In your opinion, I'd love to hear how can influencers generally make more money? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think within the context of the creator economy and just how we value that. So we're also making this or there has been this shift in that industry to view influencers as more stable or holistic, I guess, channels. So this isn't just a person that you're tapping for their reach. You're tapping them for a short placement on their feed. So their reach, the impressions that you're getting. So it's a media buy. You're also buying content from them. So there's value within that. And then you're buying the relationship or you're drafting off of the relationship and the trust that they have with their community. And today you're actually seeing that be translated more directly into sales with a lot of social shopping that been popping up and that 
networks are better enabling and allowing brands and influencers to kind of track that relationship all the way down to a purchase. So I think that there's just been this with the growing up of the industry and all of the tools that are getting added in, the more information that we're getting, there's been this maturation of like what we can do and see and the value that we can ascribe to influencers that is increasing their worth as a whole or should be increasing their worth as a whole beyond just impressions. And I think that there's also this realization from the industry that this is a channel that one isn't going away and also two works. And so you're able to see kind of that shift happening. So that's all kind of like macro trends. But if you're talking about an individual and how they can make more money can be a sticky situation to get into because there's a lot of players in this ecosystem. There's brands, there's influencers, there's a wide pool of influencers. So you're in a marketplace. So there's someone who might be willing to do it for cheaper than you're willing to do it. Obviously, there's trade-offs if you decide to go one way or the other for the customer on the other end. But you know, I think that there is still this coming together that we all need to do as an industry ecosystem to better understand and position the value of influencers on an individual scale. So when brands come to us, typically they're looking to execute an influencer campaign. It's a part of a larger campaign as well. So they have a set budget, they kind of know what they're looking for and the ceiling on what you're actually able to earn is relatively limited and set from the beginning. And I think if we can get to a point within the industry where we can better, where we can raise what that ceiling is, because there is such value derived from partnering with an influencer beyond just that placement, if we can raise that ceiling up as a whole, we'll get to a better place where the individual will be able to reap more of that value kind of directly. And what have you seen in terms of people trying to raise that ceiling up? What can listeners tuning in today, what can they do to help support that? What are the conversations that are being had, the points that are being made, the metrics to look at? You know, how can we help the right influencers who deserve it and whatever that means, you know, Mm -hmm. how can we help facilitate that? Yeah, that's a really great question. We talked off camera a bit about what opportunity there is within the management side of this industry to provide a platform for what influencer kind of driving what that is driving those prices up or driving the definition of what that value is. And from where we sit, like we're really just trying to balance the marketplace, which we have a lot of work ourselves to do in better balancing kind of for creators as well. Like admittedly, that's an area where we've not really prioritized for a host of different reasons. And I think all of those reasons are were decisions that we made at the time that were ultimately the best decisions for our business and may have put our creator community at a disadvantage. It was something that we recognized. And we have a duty to better balance out what that how that ecosystem is balanced. So with brands and creators, and I think from a creator's perspective, there's a huge opportunity for management agencies to have a really strong voice in leading what that is, for creators to have a really strong voice in leading what that is. And our job in that is to open the door for that conversation and say, hey, come join us, help us understand kind of like how we can better position your value to our customers 
and be able to create more of that balance ourselves because it is truly an industry-wide thing that we all kind of have to come to the table over and then understand how we can make it better for everybody. Well, I think that it's really admirable for you to say these things because, you know, there are a lot of people who sort of are just like stuck in their ways and I'm like, eh, we're doing it fine. Like, you know, it's worked for us. So just deal with it. And from my perspective, what I hear from you is no, we want to lead the charge in having it be equitable and balanced Mm -hmm. hearing that. And that is a goal of ours. And so by, you know, immersing yourselves in conversations with all perspectives, it's just going to benefit everybody. I just hope that everybody continues to just chat with each other and figure out really listen, less chatting and really listening. And so it's really admirable for you to say that. And I I thought those conversations continue because I just I personally just believe it's going to benefit everybody to just listen. And so yeah, and like in terms of the question that I get often is about pitching, right? Whether managers are pitching their talent or talent is pitching themselves. And we're just talking about ways to make more money. Mm -hmm. So on your platform, there's an application process. There is. Um, What are things for influencers or managers to keep in mind in terms of how to best pitch themselves? Yeah, that's a great question. So on our platform, there is an application process. So when you first actually sign up on the PopPaste platform, you have a profile that you're asked to fill out. And this profile includes identifying information about you. We'll pull in some information from what we can get on your your social handles to kind of complete what that profile looks like. But there are things within that that you have to fill out yourself that just better identifies you within our community as an expert in certain areas. And the other part of your profile is your portfolio. You're asked to upload images, videos, examples of work that you've done in the past to really show off kind of the breadth of work that you've done. So those are things that are always included with your application. So brands can click in there, they can see who are you? What's the quality of your work? Do I like the quality of that work? Um, And just get a sense of overall vibe. And then when you're applying to a specific campaign, we really try to allow the creators and influencers the space to pitch themselves. So there's always a question in there that's like, how would you deliver on what's in this brief? And that's the space where the influencer or creator themselves can actually pitch kind of what they're working on or what how they would approach delivering on the brief. And then throughout the application process, you also have an opportunity on most of our campaigns to just add in more information. I think that's something that, you know, we really want creators and influencers to do the pitching. <laughs> you know, we want you to sell yourselves. We also want the brands to see that that is Im- incredibly valuable. Their perspective on your brand, their ideas about how they integrate it into their life, about how they envision it living in the world, the real world, because they're in it. We think that that is something that brands should really look at and feel inspired about and take as something, another piece of value out of the influencer or creators from their perspective. That's super valuable. And so in terms of specifics, what percentage of it should the pitch be about like how much they enjoy the brand and their connection to it? How much of it should be about how much their audience is going to enjoy the brand and connect with it? And how much of it is important to talk about 
their past work, their metrics. I'd really love to be yeah. really specific. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I would say that focusing less on your past work and the metrics, because we can see that already. So we'll be able to actually look and see average engagement rates. We can see your work. We pull in information from the, the social networks that you've connected on our platform. So you don't have to focus on that. I think that it truly depends on what the goals of the campaign that you're working on are. And, you know, that's something that we really want to push our brands to think about prior to engaging influencers or creators is like, what are you trying to do with this? You know, like, let's make that really clear because there are so many different ways that you can work with influencers. You can engage content creators. You can use social media to deliver on your marketing goals as a whole. And a lot of times people just think of influencers as like, oh, it's just an awareness play. It's this we just like want this organic post and it's like, okay, well, that's not going to do a ton for you. So let's think more holistically about what this goal is and then how we get there with influencers, with organic posts, with paid amplification and boosting with different channels. You know, TikTok, you've mentioned that a couple of times, super new channel, lots of organic reach, huge opportunity for virality. Are you going to get it every time? No, but it's not as mature of, of a network as Instagram, where you really have to understand how the algorithm works, how you can partner with people over a longer period of time. So there are many different strategies that you would want to go through for Instagram and TikTok is much different. So trying to get brands kind of in that mindset and then going and engaging creators and influencers in a very specific way to make sure that they're getting what they want out of that relationship. Because so many times I think where we run into problems is that the expectations just aren't aligned. They think that they can just do this one post and they're going to have a ton of awareness, a ton of sales, and that's just not the case anymore. And I'd love to hear a little bit more of that, right? Like what can brands continue to do better in order to partner with influencers? Yeah, there's a lot that brands can do in thinking of influencers as true partners. You know, we have talked, there's kind of been a common thread throughout the conversation of just what is the value of influencers? It's more than just a post, okay? It's this partnership that you can grow and foster and really use to kind of create this bilateral conversation between the brand and the influencer and their community, which is, you know, the consumer that the brand wants to ultimately reach. And so I think that there's just a lot more we could be doing to think as brands of influencers and creators as true partners for the long haul, not just for this like one activation. I love that. I appreciate that. I think what I keep hearing, which is a theme of our conversation, is just everyone needs to be listening to each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, like, and the magic of what that can do when you really truly like understand the other side, understand the power of the other side, everybody speaking, respect it and learn about how to just magnify it. I appreciate that so much. We ask this question of everybody who comes on the show, and I'm so excited yeah. to ask you this question. What do you wish someone had told your younger self that would have given you a professional or a personal advantage today? Really good question. I <laughs> I think something that this is probably not something anybody will be surprised by, but no one knows what they're doing from, I think, even the people that we think really have it together. And it's like, oh, they're a student of these things. They have everything figured out. They do not. And that's because so much is changing. The world is moving so quickly. And so we have so much to learn constantly. And we are all students. 
And I think that having that perspective instead of thinking like, oh, well, when I get there, like I'm actually going to use that as a platform to jump to the next thing, but really just taking the perspective that like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to figure it out. And I'm going to sit in this muck for a second and like understand and learn with how I can use it to get to this next place. And having the confidence to be comfortable in that is really important. And I think I wish I would have known that a little earlier. I think I'm pretty good at it now, although it definitely flares up, you know, imposter syndrome is real for everybody, but definitely flares up from time to time. And I just have to kind of sit back and remind myself, everyone has a different experience, but they probably know some a little bit more than I do, but also like I can bring a lot of value to this conversation too. And I can learn a lot from it. hundred percent. And I think that that's just an important, I love that you're saying that, that it's an important thing for a lot of women to hear, a lot of young women to hear in particular. Mm -hmm. It's a constant journey, right? Because, you know, you're well into your career and sure, you're able to do these things much more than when you were, you know, younger in your career, but it's, you're, we're still always improving and growing every single day. And maybe we can help each other, you know? (laughs) I have a feeling that a lot of our listeners are going to want to get in touch with you, learn more about Pop Pays, get a demo, just connect. How can our listeners find you to learn more? Yeah. So you can find me personally on social at Anna Alicia, A-A-N-A-A-L- I-S-H-A. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I also have a Substack, Anna at the table. And if you would like to just chat over email, I'm always available there as well. Anna at popularpays.com. Amazing. And we will link all of that in the comments. We will link all of that in the show notes below. Great. Thank you so much. It's been Thank such you. a pleasure chatting with you and like sharing you with our community. And I look forward to you diving more into WIM, yes. everybody connecting with you more. I just appreciate you coming on today. Thank you so much, Jesse. It's been awesome. I've loved Thank it. Thank right. you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, we got to have you back. Check out our website for more ways to get involved, including all the information you need about joining our collective. You can check out all the information at IamWim.com. That's IamWim, double I, dot com. And if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review, a rating. But the most important thing that we can ask you to do is to share this podcast. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Tune in next week. Duncan has what you need to conquer the day. So if you want to go from, I don't got this, to, I got this, well, then get this. A bold, smooth espresso drink from Duncan, Like a layered velvety caramel macchiato, a rich chocolatey mocha latte, or a creamy non-dairy oat milk latte. Because this day isn't going to conquer itself. No, you're going to do that. Take a sip of You Got This with Dunkin' Espresso drinks. Order ahead on the app plus earn rewards. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive through workers who take your order on the way to work have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99 cents any size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed full apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m.